Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 91. In this episode, we have Ronnie Namani joining us. Ronnie is a supervising animator over at DreamWorks, where he has worked on such cool films as How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3, Boss Baby, and one of my personal favorites, Crudes 2. Um, where he led with uh, Phil Betterman. Um, some really, really cool acting references that he's posted online. And so I reached out to him to talk with him about his approach, animation, and uh, his style here. And so um, he was kind enough to join us in this podcast all the way from Jordan. Check it out. All right, Ronnie. Well, I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, you're traveling and uh, in your hometown or home country there. And uh, as I kind of was mentioning here, even before we just jumped into this, I really just enjoy getting to know the people behind this art form and uh, just the uniqueness that everyone brings and, and such. And so here you are in Lebanon, and, and hopefully this will kind of work out for us uh, with the internet connection, but it's really cool to get uh, that perspective, <laughs> uh, yeah. those listening across his fingers here, um, but that perspective here, uh, just a uniqueness to um, what we do here uh, in this art form. So thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Of course, yeah. Happy to awesome. Be here. Awesome. Well, um, first off, I uh, had come across some of your stuff that you were posting on um, Twitter and I think LinkedIn and just really, really uh, some cool behind the scenes and uh, how you approach animation, your reference and things of that nature. And that's what really kind of caught my eye. I thought, man, this would be a great guy to get in here on a podcast and talk about some of that kind of stuff. Um, but first off, I'd love to hear how you got into this industry, what brought you to yeah. animation. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, basically, um, I, I was in the American University of Beirut, which is here in Lebanon. Okay. And um, at the time, this was, God, this is when you remember how old you are, but um, <laughs> it was like a while back. And um, at the time, there was like, it's like the early 2000s. Okay. 2002, was it? Um, so yeah, I was really interested in film. I was always interested in film, but um uh, with you know the advent of 3D technology and all that, you know, I was really interested in seeing where where that could take me. And there was no program where you can learn that, unfortunately. So the closest thing would be graphic design. Okay. And um, for me, the alternative would be film rather than graphic design. But what I did is I just started researching because I have a I'm also Canadian as well, okay. so Lebanese Canadian. And um, I started looking at schools in Canada and found Vancouver Film School. Ah. And just when I saw the program, I was like, oh, perfect. You know, you get to learn a little bit of everything. You make a short film in the end. So I uh, kind of put all my energy, try to get in there and then um, worked out, fortunately. So um, after like a freshman year, I just packed my bags, went over to Vancouver. And it was like, like they, they say intense one year program and they, they really mean it. So <laughs> it's pretty, like we were living in, in film school. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I went to Vancouver Film School for a year and, and a few months. And uh, over there, you know, you have like six months roughly where you learn all the different um, uh, streams of animation. And then the, the next six months, if, you're, if you want to be a modeler, you focus on two or three models. And if you're an animator, you focus on making a short film. So um, I took the animator route and um, made a little short. And that kind of got me my first job in Mainframe, which was like a local company. Okay. In Vancouver. I think now it's, I think it's Rainmaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Um, so I started uh, working there and then a friend of mine who I work with in film school, um, his name is Ernesto. He went to a company called DNA Productions mm. in Texas. 
Um, so they did neutron, they're working on the amp bully. Um, so uh, he was just talking to me, he's like, hey, you should come over. It's, it's cool, there's this new project, it's a movie. And you know, at the time, especially you're like, I wanna work in movies, That's, right. that sounds amazing. So, <laughs> so I found my reel and um, it worked out and I, I worked there for roughly, say around a year on okay. the amp bully. Um, unfortunately, after it came out, the studio ended up shutting down. So um, I had a friend of mine, Mark Beam, who uh, had moved to PDI or was about to move. Um, and um, I just asked Mark, uh, can I also kind of send my reel? To <laughs> and it worked out. So then I went to PDI and then uh, I was there for seven, nine years, actually. Yeah, nine okay. years. And then PDI unfortunately shut down. <laughs> so, so I've been constantly kind of jumping around the US. Um, but yeah, it was, and, and PDI was an amazing place to work. And so um, being able to transition from there to uh, the Glendale campus, and everyone in Glendale was, you know, super excited that we were coming down there. And it was yeah. like one family, really. Um, and then I've been there, yeah, ever since. So very cool. Jumping around, but yeah. Yeah. Now, I just um, finished up a podcast with one of our instructors at uh, Mike Walling. Mike Walling. I've never worked directly with Mike. Okay. But, um, yeah. The only reason why I ask is because I asked him the same thing. He had, uh, he had actually worked on Jimmy Neutron over at DNA um, at the time. I don't know if he worked on Amp Bully, but I asked him. I said uh, I had done some podcasts with uh, Kirby Atkinson or Kirby Atkins. Um, who was at DNA at the time. And I don't know if you worked yes. on Ant Bully as well. I um, did, yeah. Okay, did he? Okay. And then uh, Rod Olson, who was a storyboard and layout artist. Uh, he's over at Real Effects right now. So I did a podcast with him. So I was just kind of curious if you had, were familiar with him as well. So maybe not since he wasn't an animator, it wasn't an animator per se. But... Yeah, I recognize the name. Yeah, unfortunately. Gotcha, but... gotcha. Um, really yeah, fun. yeah. So it's just kind of neat to see how, you know, like you said, moving kind of around and Mike was talking about the same thing, you know, kind of these, uh, he, uh, DreamWorks had just had some of their layoffs. He jumped over somewhere else and that kind of just the way kind of things worked out. And so it kind of sounds like the same thing for you where doors kind of open up when, you know, you've worked hard and talented artists. So that's neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy how the timing works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it worked out. Thanks. Yeah. So. Um, any favorite projects that you've kind of worked on throughout your time here, you know, particularly at DreamWorks? I know you've been there for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it was like the PC thing to say, but I'm being honest, like it really, like there's something about certain projects that I, that are my favorite things of it. Gotcha. Um, but uh, for me, you know, I had, had an amazing time on Coots 2 um, recently. Um, I had an amazing time on Dragons 3 as well. And, you know, one, one of the things is like a lot of, these films, like the last few films I worked on, I was uh, developing a character. I was working on a specific character. And so your whole experience changes, obviously. Gotcha. Um, so I think, you know, it's been really uh, creatively satisfying just to be able to like focus on a character and just kind of put your all. Hone and, that there. Hone that. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that you realize too is um, when you focus on a character, you're constantly learning about them till the last shot. And when that happens, you go like, well, we should definitely always focus on characters now. Because like, <laughs> if it takes the whole movie and you're still learning things, imagine if you weren't focusing on a character. Um, there's disadvantages, obviously, like it, you're just focusing on one so you don't get to animate other characters. But I do think that, yeah, just being able to, to hone certain characters, it, um, you see the value in, in having a lot of time. Gotcha. Uh, developing something, you know. Okay. 
Well, let's kind of, um, I'd love to talk more about some of your other films, but I think this will kind of lead into some of that here because we're talking about uh, developing that character. And I, one of the things that kind of, again, just stood out to me, and this is maybe where you can talk about it here, was um, your reference that you shot for Phil uh, Betterman on Crudes 2. And I've got to tell you, without exaggeration, we had um, rented that movie or when it came out and such, uh, as a family and we were over at my parents' place, my brother and his whole crew came over and I'm a huge fan of the first one, right? Sequels are tough. Sequels are real tough to kind of follow up. There's certain expectations and we were dying laughing with that movie. It was, it was one of those ones, honestly, it just, you know, that, that whole term LOL, that's what we were doing. The, The laughing out loud was just really took us by surprise. Um, the level of uh, humor, but again, just talking about those characters and such really just nailed it out, uh, out of the park here. Um, so yeah, kudos to you guys on that one. That was a really, really cool follow-up sequel. Oh, glad to Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I remember the first time we watched it, there was so much um, relationship conflict in the film, right? And, and a lot of families, get, like that whole aspect of the film, I think it, it was so fun to animate because there's nuances in the behavior between the characters and you have new characters. So how uh-huh. are they going to be like, it, there was just this complexity with all these scenes every time they were together. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you can watch those scenes over and over. Um, it's always <laughs> something that you find, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now um, what were some of your thought processes as you were looking at Phil and, and developing? Cause your, your uh, reference and we'll kind of get into that a little bit as well. I'd love to, um, was just really great and fit his, and you see that in the animation. So what was the stuff that you were kind of looking through? Was there any things that you referenced other, you know, movies and characters or how did that kind of develop as we were talking about character development? Um, so yeah, I did look at Peter Dinklage a little bit just to, in terms of like his, his acting timing. And, okay. Um, but I think luckily and kudos to Jakob Janssen, who was the head of animation on Crudes too. Um, it like, it was easy because like I have kind of the same body type, to be honest. Like you know, <laughs> I, got, I got the nose, but I got the pot belly. So in a way, a lot of the proportions were kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. You felt like you kind of just embodied him, huh? In a way, yeah. Like um, as opposed to like other characters, like for example, with Boss Baby, you know, you have a giant head, a tiny mm. body. So there's a lot of interpretation that you have to do, right? Um, but yeah, Phil, it was fairly like almost uncomfortably straightforward. You're like, ah, oh, really? That's just working. <laughs> Like the, the, the way he's kind of kind of jotting his head forward. Oh, do I do that? And he start kind of connecting. <laughs> but um, uh, so that was actually easy in a way, just because okay. you're able to um, act. That being said, like for example, when it comes to physical stuff, I'm terrible. So to me, um, just being able to do more of the acting stuff, it's kind of where I'm comfortable. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it was it was just not having to worry too much about. Uh, getting being on character stuff uh, it was great because then i can just focus on different acting choices gotcha so gotcha through all these ideas and then uh, you know trying to pick the top three or four and then going from there but it, it, it yeah it was a little easier on phil just because of his body type okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me ask this, and how do you approach a shot then? Because, um, you know, as I mentioned, the acting choices were just really a lot of fun and, and felt uh, to the character. So, so what is it that you kind of, as you start approaching a shot, are you thinking about as you tackle a character like Phil? 
Um, so one thing that I used to do, then stopped doing, and then started doing it again on Dragons 3 and Cruz was, um, like I remember when I first started, like when you're super excited and you're first starting animation, like I used to take a sentence and then break it down to like subtext and things. And then, you know, as, as deadlines happen, <laughs> you start to kind of find like tricks, you have to get things done. Um, and then in the last few films, I was like, let me try that again. Like there's something about that that maybe will help me think in a different way. So I started incorporating that again, which is basically, yeah, just listening to the voice and then, um, bringing a pencil paper, breaking it down and going like, all right, can I break it to like two main subtexts, right? Like don't, I, I'm trying not to get too specific just because that can also uh, hinder you when you're taking reference that you have to think of all these subtexts. But gotcha. all right, if I can just break this to like two, two sections and if it's a long piece, okay, maybe three, but um, what, what is the subtext? So then that helped me um, not get too stale with some of the stuff I was doing, because what I realized is I was getting stale where I was starting to do the same movements. Um, and, you know, I mean, to be honest, like we all have our certain things that we do, Go right? Yeah. So yeah. There's things that, that I did on, you know, <laughs> King Julian, then Boss Baby, then uh, Grimmel, then like it's the same thing, <laughs> but different designs. So it looks different. Right. Uh -huh. But so sometimes you kind of have to find ways to get out of your uh, headspace because right. you get into that bag of tricks. Um, so that helped, like just being able to break it down. Like, all right, I was going to do it this way, but what if now thinking of the subtext like uh, completely differently, he would probably do it this way or that way. And that, that, that kind of helped. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing that I do before I start is I'll open up the 3D scene. Uh, because the number of times where you go in and you're like, right, I'm going to do this and that. And then you spend like a few hours with the reference and then you just want to get it right. And then you edit it and then you come over to your desk and then you open the shot and you're like, oh my God, this is the camera angle is different. And this is different. <laughs> oh my God, I can't move from here to there because there's this object in the way. And so that, <laughs> after that. doing your homework beforehand, huh? Yeah, like th that only ha has to happen a few times before you're like, all right, I have to, let's make sure this is going to work as an idea. Yeah. Um, and the more you can be specific, like the, the closer you can be to uh, the camera angle and everything, the better, for sure. Okay. Um, because, again, there's sometimes when you do something in the acting room, you're like, oh, my God, that's great. I want to use this little bit. And then you open up the shot. You, the camera is a certain way, the character stage a certain way, and you're like, oh, I don't even really see that thing. Gotcha. And so all this energy that you spent there is now kind of gone. Okay. Um, and the other, the other thing is, you, because you spent so much energy in this one or two acting choices, now you're going to try to shoehorn them in because you're like, well, they have value in my mind, right? Because I spent <laughs> so much time. Um, so, and sometimes it even changes your acting choices. So you do something and you're like, oh, God, well, now I have to change this part that I love because, well, there's this other thing here. So how right. do I get from here? So all these things are like kind of almost sad reasons to have, like you don't want that to be the reason why you didn't do something. <laughs> so I figured let's try to figure that out in the beginning as much as possible. Of course, there's always going to be times where you don't, but, and then go from there and just like, okay, well now with that out of the way, now that I know exactly where the camera is, how, what to do now, how do I act the shot out with these in mind? Um, so then after that, uh, by the way, yeah, if at any point I'm going off on a tangent. No, that's great. My only question would be, um, cause sometimes uh, maybe you've experienced this too, but it didn't seem like it, uh, too much on the, some of the stuff you were showing, but sometimes you can almost kind of Frankenstein some of our references together too. 
it didn't yeah. seem like you had that as much with some of the stuff that you were showing. Is that because um, those are maybe some of your more later references where you've kind of kept working that at and finally kind of, okay, this is, this is the one I'm running with, or how did that work? Do, do you experience some of that issues or what? Yes, I definitely experienced that, those issues. They're not okay. fun, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, to be honest, I've almost never used the first take I do. Like, I mean, I can't even think of a time where I used the first take. And I personally, I believe in doing tons of takes because um, the first few that you do, even if they're great, um, you aren't, you're not timing yourself perfectly to what you need to do. You're not, um, there's things that you're doing that you're still kind of preoccupied with to get it right and to hit this pose. And, and for me, it takes like 20, 30 takes before you get to a point where it's now muscle memory. Gotcha, and now gotcha. it's muscle memory, you can now start thinking, it's like driving a car, but in a way, right? Like you're, you're, you drive it a few times, now you're used to it, now you can start messing with the radio, which you shouldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're yeah, driving. You're a little more comfortable, natural now. Exactly. So I feel like it's the same with the reference. Like when I almost never do a, a great or good, even mediocre take the first time, it's always like, it's always like, okay, this is terrible, but we know that that's going to happen now. Now let's just keep doing more, you know, um, <laughs> got so those out of the way. One, yeah. 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 Um, and so that's, that's one thing that I definitely do. And then the other thing is um, just like what I'll, what I'll try to do is when I film reference, I'll look at the whole shot I'll start acting out very free form just to one, get used to the timing. Um, and actually that's something I want to brush up on. It's like the, the interesting thing is that, and the difference between acting for animators and acting for uh, live action actors is like a live action actor is timing their dialogue. It's all them, mm -hmm. right? And the direct director obviously is gonna tell them, try to say this a little faster. Maybe you can get a little through this part, but you're still, it's still coming out of you. Right. Um, that's never the case with anime. Like we have to time it to how they timed their voice. Yeah. So, yeah. so to, to, for me, it, it's never really natural. The, even the first time you do it to me is not natural because right. you're, you're not, you're timing it to a voice that's right. timed for you. You're confined so, within that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, well, let's get to that muscle memory section so that we can start to get a little more natural with mm. thought process and free ourselves up. Um, but the other thing I was going to say is, um, as I'm doing that, I'm also trying to see if there's any, like all, all that in the beginning is when I do crazy ideas, things that maybe I won't do, um, just to one, get it out of my system so that I don't stick and keep doing it <laughs> Two, so that you get to a point where you, you go like, uh, you find new stuff. Um, so that later on you can hone in on that new stuff as opposed to still trying to figure out new ideas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I'll, I'll start acting that stuff out and, one thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll get at some point in the process, I'll get to a point where I go, okay, well, you know what? I know for sure that I want to start here. And I know for sure that at some point I want to get to this post, no matter what, I like this post. I want to get here somehow. Um, and then let's say post three over here. I want to get to that. So what that does is now I can actually break down the reference into chunks. So now I can take the first section and then just loop the heck out of it. And then knowing that I have to start here and I have to end here um, and I'll do like 50 takes of this part. And then I'll take the next section, 50 takes of this part and then I'll take the next. And what's nice is that now you can Frankenstein them because they are going to connect. Gotcha, gotcha. And Very so cool. that way, yeah. Cause like, again, that's another thing is like, you don't wanna be in, the, in that place where 
you take the reference and then you're like, well, now how do I connect this to this other part? Like, <laughs> yeah. happens. And that happens all the time. Right. So it's all these precautions that I'm trying to take so that I can not have to feel <laughs> in a way, you know. Now, do you, um, with your reference, do you ever uh, shoot it not to the timed uh, of the audio just so you get something that's a little more natural knowing that you can take that in and start retiming it when you've blocked it out? Or do you try to continue to stay within that time frame? Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, almost around something like, you know, I'll, I'll open up like definitely part of the reference process is having premiere open. Okay. Messing with, with timing. Now this happens mostly in pre-production. Um, so when I was doing the fill test, I was, changing the timing, adding sound effects, like little slaps, the sounds and, and the kind of like when he's drinking, like those are all things that come after you decide to do that acting choice. So gotcha, for sure. Yeah. Um, but when, for production, I'd say it's in general, it happens much, much less. Um, and it's like, you really choose when it's worth doing it because again, like once the train's moving, you got so many shots to get through. So it's like, all right, I, I kind of have to pick and choose. Right, know? right. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because yeah, sometimes I've I've come across that where it's like I keep I keep trying to continue or keep trying to get it within this time frame, and I feel like it's not natural. So let me just say that as if I were just saying it, not to that. And do I get natural acting choices based upon that? And then now, can I fit it within that time frame? Now, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you okay. get stuck. Like you, like you're saying, like you get to a point where you're like it's just not feeling right, and so you have to break it up. Um, that does happen too. Um, usually for me, that's more of, yeah, like a troubleshooting kind of thing where if okay. something's really just not working, I'll start to break off to different techniques like that just to kind of see. Gotcha. Gotcha. How you yeah. might do it more naturally without being confined to this length of the dialogue. And then I'll try to fit that in yeah. after. Okay. And then how do you, um, how do you block out your reference? Do you st uh, stay heavy to it? Um, I, I know we've had, um, you know, different, artists from DreamWorks who have kind of approached things differently um, after having worked on um, uh, what was the uh, Rise of the Guardians, things like that, where it kept real close to the, to the reference, almost on twos and stuff like that. I know Alexis Winteroy um, had done that for a bit. I don't know if he still does it. I'm getting up another podcast with him on that um, arcane. Um, so I'm curious to see if he still sticks with that here. Um, is that something how you do it? You keep real heavy to the, to the reference or do you kind of take those golden poses from your reference, block those out, get rid of your reference, and now just start animating? Um, no, I, I'll stick to the reference as much as I can, to be honest. Okay. Like the, the, there are subtleties. Like, I think if you're, like, if in a lot of the reference, I think that I'm putting on Instagram, like, if you are looking in the middle, like, not at any of the reference, just kind of getting a sense from your peripheral, they feel kind of exactly the same. But when yeah. you start breaking down, there's certain things that change just based on what, you know, the workflow or what's what you're doing in the shot or what's better for the for the moment not by much though um i think again to me it's reference is just as much an artistic tool as it is a production tool for me is like um with again with with deadlines being what they are i would much rather explore everything in reference just because obviously it's cheaper it's faster and i won't lock myself in a room and cry after i show it so i want to just make sure everything is working um, because we just don't, you know, there's, we got to get it done. So yeah. I think it's important to kind of, so for me, in a way, animating a shot is all about just millions of questions. And as much as I can answer these questions at the front end, mm. then I'll move 
forward more and more confidently because there's nothing that makes me more not confident than when I start something and I'm not happy with the reference and the director signed off on maybe a few parts of it. And then I start animating it and I'm like, there's a few gaps here that I need to figure out somehow. And it's like, it's such a laborious, tedious, slow process to animate anything that the last thing I want to do is explore something <laughs> using the curve editor. And, you know, it, it just, it's faster just to act it out. Um, and of course, this is mainly applying to bipeds. If you're animating um, creature, that might not work at all. Right, right, right. right. Um, but if it does work, if you are animating a biped, then why not? Because it's, gotcha. it's just fine. So you feel um, so more comfortable being in the ex exploration all up front, more with your your uh, reference there. Absolutely. The, gotcha. the more you can answer, the more because then when you when you get to a place where you want to, like, let's say you're you're figuring out some mechanics, and there's 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 two different scenarios. One where you have everything approved and and the reference, and then you're just figuring out mechanics now, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna spend all of today just figuring this thing that's not working and it's fine because everything is approved. So I can just, I know that this is the acting that the director likes. And then example B would be nothing is quite there yet. You showed the director and the, and the director didn't get a chance really to see everything working together and see that the ideas that you went for are working. And so now you're sitting there like, um, well, let me try maybe half an hour to spend on this and see if I can get it right. Because if not, I don't want to spend too much energy. Because then, if I do and I show it, and then, you know, like that's you don't want to be in that sure. headspace. You want to be 100% excited and confident to like, I'm just going to take this all the way home, you know? Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, the, to me, I, I very much value, as again, in production, like I think if I'm animating something at home by myself, that's a very different workflow, but you know, that's the thing with, with commercial animation, right? Like your, or, or like productions, like you're actually animating in production. It's a yeah, deadline. You have to incorporate yeah. that into your workflow. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So can, let me ask you this then, where do you, so you would find, if I understand you correctly, you'd find your happy accidents so to speak, more in your reference and things of that nature as you're exploring your acting choices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the most part, um, unless it's something super pushed and cartoony and the character designs are super pushed and cartoony where you're going to do like, if they're going to do crazy poses that you can't do, then it becomes about um, um, like thumbnailing it in 3d. So like just going quickly and roughly messing with the rig and going like, all right, maybe it goes from here to there. And then uh, I know a lot of people do this as well as myself where like, you'll start creating crazy poses one frame after the after the other. Um, just to save everything that you're trying out and then uh -huh. you'll start and then start spreading. Up. Yeah. So, it, 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 yeah. Uh, so how, so this is a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about is more to do with um, things that you can take away from the reference fairly closely. Okay. Um, but if it's something that's super cartoony, then the, yeah, the workflow changes quite a bit. Um, okay. So this would maybe be more for stuff that you did with Crudes 2 and How to Train Your Dragon 3, right? Yeah, exactly. So then how would you have approached, because I noticed um, you were also on uh, a supervising animator for Boss Baby. So how did your workflow and reference things of that nature change for that? So actually Boss Baby, also I managed to get like um, some of the, because some of the shots were more uh, subtle in terms of what he was doing. I did notice that, but I did notice that one of the ones you had on your reel where he's uh, walking or kind of dance walking on the sidewalk. And so that would have been, very different. You know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah. Yeah. And he kicks the bike. Yes. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was just, uh, I just went in and started animating it basically. Okay. So that, there was no reference there. So yeah, uh, to your point, it, something like that, I would just go in and start blocking something very quickly and trying to maybe stick with, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, like key poses or storytelling pose. I mean, important pose. I like just to call them important poses, like whatever you, the pose, the shot. Right. So I'll just do that pose and then um, I'll kind of go from there, maybe show the director extra early and, and um, make sure that the general ideas are, are there and then go in and start breaking it down more. Um, if I have the luxury to break it down, I'll break it down to like twos if possible. Okay. Um, if I don't, then I will straight ahead it in spline. Um, but yeah, so it, it depends on, on the shot and how much time you have for that shot. But gotcha. Ideally, I think there's a lot of advantage that you get from uh, breaking it down to twos, uh, mainly spacing. Um, you can really fine tune the spacing and get everything exactly the way. And, and um, I used to like use the curve editor to create all the overlaps. And, uh -huh. you know, I mean, I still do, especially when I'm polishing things, like I'll just mess around and offset things. But as soon as you offset two curves, like from this to this, suddenly it's like, oh, wait, wait, so wait, uh, so what? It's like, it's not easy to maintain anything. And that's two curves. So, I, I agree. Um, yeah, so I do like, and I'm very OCD. So I like to keep everything super <laughs> clean. And, um, and yeah, so what ends up happening is like, uh, when you're uh, blocking on twos is, you can decide what type of overlap because that's the thing that's tough to get when you offset. When you offset, CG gives you an overlap, but it gets tougher to control the timing of the overlap. Uh -huh. But when you're just doing this kind of thing where it's throughout the whole, every twos, you can really shape the overlap. And, gotcha, and gotcha. After you, do that, you realize how valuable that can be because you can get more specific. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, do you feel like that's come through just experience being able to get those overlaps, things like that in your breakdowns as you've grown as an animator? Um, 100%. Okay. Cause the reason why I ask here, uh, you've worked with Jason Ryan as well, right? On uh, Madagascar three, probably in Megamind. Uh, we worked on, yeah, on Megamind. Um, I was in PDI. Jason that's right. In... He's here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, he does um, our, um, a live demo or a demo each week. And it's fun just to see his process, but a lot of what he ends up doing is in his breakdowns, he's already kind of building in some of that overlap, but I think that's part and partial because he's seeing it as he's breaking that down already. And I, I think that just kind of comes from experience. So would you kind of feel the same way in that? That's just my, my observation. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Cause, okay. cause the thing is that the more, the more you do a shot like that or an action like that, I should say, the more you have um, comparisons. So it's like, oh, I did it this way last time. So this time, what if I do it that way? Or, so you have more to kind of uh, bounce those ideas off of because you've done it before. So 100%, the gotcha. more you do it, the more you, the more you see that in, in your, as to break it down. Yeah. Yeah, you start seeing the matrix in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, now, one of the things that you mentioned in regards to your spacing, uh, and maybe this is kind of, I know spacing and timing are, different but kind of you know obviously work very well close together one of the things that i uh, that stood out to me in your animation was just the um i don't know if the snappiness with it and even in some of the uh i didn't i forgive me on this one and i'm probably going to get some, maybe some hate mail on this one here um i did not see how to train your dragons three yet uh i forgot why and i just have not had a chance to so i don't know what the villain's name is um 
Oh, Grimmel. Yeah. Okay, with the white hair. Yeah, Grimmel the Grizzly. Okay, and then you you and you have on your your uh, site, and maybe we'll we'll link to that specific shot. Beautiful, beautiful timing. Thanks. Uh, um, <laughs> and just even when he kind of laughs, that kind of the shoulder and just and and just beautiful. But then I looked back at some of your stuff with Megamind and Boss Baby, and it's it's still that same nice timing in that. You know, um, nothing feels. It wouldn't look like you just rotoscoped. Obviously, your your reference, the timing on it is just it feels sharp and it feels really nice. Um, is that something that you've uh, kind of, I don't want to say unique to you, but something that you've just kind of developed or something that, something that you kind of saw from other artists that you've worked with and kind of just picked up on, or how did, how did that work? I think um, my, my guess is a lot of those shots probably just filming reference. So you, you kind of are aiming towards that. So in a way you're, you, you know what the correct spacing would be because you're looking at the reference. Um, but I think a lot of the change has less to do with like, um, getting there and more about how you're getting there. Like I think in the beginning, especially with Megamind and, and, and Madagascar and the earlier you go, um, it was the more, the earlier you go, the more of a struggle it was to, to kind of reach that kind of spacing. Okay. Um, I think that, that, that's, that's something that has gotten, I wouldn't say easier because it's still kind of difficult, but like slightly more, like I get slightly more, uh, uh, encouraged that it's going to get there okay. <laughs> you know whereas before you're like i don't know you know <laughs> and it still happens but i think uh it, it does get a little bit um easier to see that you're going to get somewhere with it and again i think with with breaking things down like that to twos when you can um it looks like you know that it's working before you spline anything and because okay. it's on twos you know that it's actually you're not afraid to jump to the spline section because that's always scary, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's always going to be scary. Yeah. So I think <laughs> the more you can just kind of decide things again in the beginning and make it work in the blocking. Um, and that's why it's important to have the reference fully approved so that when you do spend a decent amount of time and getting all these things, you're a little more comfortable doing that. Cause you're like, well, okay. I know that the, the reference, when you show it, it got a certain reaction. So you're, you're like, okay, um, now I just have to make it work in a way you're working to, to get whatever reaction you got back into the, to the blocking. So you feel like there's enough value uh, to put time there until it works. Gotcha. There's something that you're looking for. So, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's in general, I think it's less to do with like my eye getting sharp or anything like that. It's just more like the reference is the reference. So I always know that this is what I'm supposed to hit and, uh, be it from Megamind or from Cruz. And then it's just like, how can you get there? And it gets slightly, slightly easier. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, just the timing, I, you know, on um, boss baby would seem um, self-evident because the style of animation is very kind of more snappy and stuff, but it just yeah. seems like even in something like um, uh, how to train dragon three, that, obviously much more naturalistic, but still some of that sharp timing. And it was just, like I said, it was just beautiful. It just felt um, crisp, I guess, in a sense, you know, um, oh, and it gave it yeah. that more natural ability for it. Sweet. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Cause like, I, I do like that. Like I do like sharper timing in general. Okay. Um, and so just being able to kind of work towards that, I think always gives you like, there's 
there's always a, a moment where it crosses from feeling floaty, right, to feeling just weighty. Right, and right. You're always kind of trying to, to get there. So um, once you get there, it's now it's like, okay, well, now I kind of got there. Now can I push it a little bit more than the reference, right? Okay. And it's, it's like levels in the details. Where you're like constantly pushing this button and pushing the spacing here a little more and then pushing it. Just and you, the more you can do that, the sharper and crisper things can get. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's always a place that's, that's kind of when you get there, you're like, all right, cool. That's kind of what gives it a little bit more than just the reference. So yeah. Feel like okay. Talking. Very cool. And that's what made it kind of, it's that what makes it entertaining more, you know, than just the reference. Yeah. Because it has an extra thing. But yeah. 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 So now you were a supervising animator on Crudes 2, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Boss Baby. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Those are the, the last three that where now you're a uh, supervising animator, right? How has your roles changed? Because uh, it looked like on Penguins and Madagascar, you were animating Megamind, animating as well. Uh, Madagascar 3, you were animating. Um, what were your roles different from supervising t- from uh, just animating on the shows? Um, so, yeah, the, ro- the role changed. So on, on Madagascar 3 and Megamind, um, I was uh, a lead on one of the characters. So there was still a lot of character development going on. Okay. Um, uh, so in a way, that part of it was the same because you're building the libraries, you're doing some animation tests, and, and um, less so with, like, so on Madagascar 3, I was um, uh, focused on King Julian, but obviously he was already developed from the previous two films. So uh-huh. I was just kind of carrying on what was already created and just, adding adding you know finessing things that are already like you know all the little mannerisms that he has that's stuff that was already discovered way before i even touched the the, the rig so um i think the so in, in a way that was very different than megamind in megamind um i got a chance to work on minion and that was like from the beginning so i i was kind of focused on um just different body mechanics and and th- it was fun because you have a fish and a gorilla body so it's like you know what what can you do with that and then uh-huh. you have the tentacles so working with other departments um so all those things obviously as a supervisor you're also doing um, especially that supervising in general uh, at dreamworks is also character based for the most okay. part right so you're kind of applying the same stuff but all, of course you also have to animate um so it, the tasks add up for sure, um, I think. I think, uh, in terms of character development, in terms of you know just animating a lot of shots with the character and getting to know the character, that's all very similar. Library, very similar. Um, obviously, as a soup, there's a lot, a ton more meetings to go to. There's um, uh, you, you get to work more with uh, you know all the animation team, which is one of my favorite parts. And and so that that I think is heavier on the soup side than on the lead side. Uh, with the with the lead side, and I, I will caveat. It also depends on the project. Sometimes, based uh, depending on the character, depending on the production, depending on how they want to run the show, you could end up uh, as a even as a lead doing a lot of stuff um, that the soups uh, are also doing. Gotcha. So it's in a way every show runs in a different way. And, okay. Um, but roughly speaking, uh, there's just more meetings and and there's more one to one time with the artists and being able to sit with the animators and and look through it and brainstorm. Uh, so that's that's kind of the difference. I think obviously if you're animating, then you're usually just kind of focused on animating. And um, uh, but that being said, uh, depending on the show, again, like uh, there's there's a lot of times where all of us get together and brainstorm ideas. You know, there's um, a lot of times where we're you know we're focused on a character and 
Um, a lot of animators have great ideas and then they get incorporated into the final thing. Cause obviously in the end of the day, it's like, even if you're focused on leading a character, really that character is a combination of every animator right. that works on it. So um, the final impression that you get is like from every, every artist that touched the character, right. even from design to like, you know, rigging and what they gave you and how they work. Right. And uh, modeling, like it's, it's, it's a, it's like a, a beast of a thing, right? You okay. <laughs> all these people uh, make it. Um, but I, I would say, um, yeah, the big, that's basically the biggest difference is just going from uh, meetings and and one-to-one um, -one, uh, discussions with the artist. And then if you're a lead, it's it's more focused on the character. And then if you're an animator, either you can ask to focus on a character if you'd like, or there's animators that like to just jump around. So it just changes. It's a very broad answer that I gave you, but it's, it's because every project is so different and gotcha. it runs differently. So... Gotcha. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Kind of funny that you did mention Madagascar three with King Julian. <laughs> One of my favorite shots in there. I just when I was watching your reel, you that you have it in there, and it's when he's doing. Sorry, he's doing the dance um, on telling what you want. <laughs> oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> that I, was. I did you shoot reference for that? Yes, there's. I was looking for like some some of the parts, not for everything. Um, but you don't like show it in that; it's just in your like reel. Little... Yeah, but then when he well, smacks him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the smacking. So actually, uh, kind of to my previous point, like that's an example where it was for the most part because they're like crazy poses. Yeah, um, and it'll easily break if I try to do it. But I'll I'll just kind of explore the thumbnails. I'll thumbnail it in the computer. So I'll just go in and I'll just try crazy ideas. And I would just put those poses one after the other. So like the first 20, 25 frames were just poses. Okay. And then I would like take this pose and that pose, put them together. And I was like, ah, I don't quite match. What about this one? And what you quickly realize is like, all right, well, these two poses are both uh, strong, but together they just kind of mix each other. So okay. you can't, yeah. You so you do a lot, of, a lot of that. And then in the end when, yeah, when he's like, uh, I wanna, I wanna, that was like specifically referenced, but I can't find it. <laughs> I was like, damn it. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just I love that shot that when I was looking through your reel, I'm like, ah, he did it. That's awesome. <laughs> now let me ask you this though, because you mentioned um I looked on your site and you also are you illustrate, you're an illustrator as well. Do you do you use some of that in your process? Because as you mentioned here, you know, particularly on that Madagascar three shot, you jumped into the the software to kind of thumbnail so to speak so what would be the advantage or disadvantage so to speak of jumping in and doing it that way um so as opposed to like yeah because you obviously have some skills in your artistic ability so what would why didn't you jump there first is it because the, the yeah let me ask you that why didn't you jump there is because like every time I try to do that is that so by, by the way i've been practicing drawing for the past few years now um but during Madagascar three, uh, I couldn't really thumbnail. Okay. Like, I think there's two things now that I can thumbnail that I could thumbnail. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. At the time I, I tried actually, I tried thumbnailing and this happens to me almost all the time is like I thumbnail. I'm like, all right, cool. Now I can't use that anyway. And I realized that sometimes I just, I just can't do it. I can't, every time I try something it's like, well, 
yeah, I mean, the proportions I'm drawing are wrong because I just can't draw them properly. And then I'm trying to do a pose and then the pose looks like what it looks like because that's what I can draw. Gotcha. So I'm like, well, yeah. Um, it's gotten easier throughout the last few years, especially like from Boss Baby and up um, because I just kind of like intentionally tried to like go to a lot of life drawing classes. I, um, the director on Boss Baby really wanted um, Chuck Jones style shapes here and there wherever possible. So I kind of obsessed over Chuck Jones and I, I mean, I, grew up loving Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, perfect. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So I, I, I obsessed to the point where I felt the difference in my drawing uh, during Boss Baby and then took all that, applied it on dragons, took all that, applied it on crews. So now it's kind of snowballing. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. It was fairly recent in my career, to be honest with you. And um, even then, like uh, I have thumbnail, there's, there's a few shots uh, recently that I, I, I was working on where I, I did thumbnail. Um, just because the character was not a biped, but I think in in general, every time I do that, I'm like, all right, now let's go into the computer and now let's do it. Oh, it doesn't work. Well, why did I spend <laughs> that time trying, <laughs> trying to do it? Um, and the other thing too is like, you know, if if you're, and this is this part's theoretical, I could be wrong, but if you're doing 2D animation, obviously you're drawing on pencil and paper, and if you're thumbnailing, you're drawing on pencil and paper. So it's all works together, and I feel like when you do that and then pencil and paper and then you jump in CG, it's just so, it's, it's different raw materials. It's gotcha. not the same thing. Okay. So I'd rather just jump into the actual thing and be like, all right, let's try something. That being said, and to go back to my previous point, because it's so time consuming and slow and expensive mm -hmm. to try things out, I will be ultra mega rough. Like I'm talking just like hands going, like arms going like this, uh. just like crazy, you know, torquing crazy, you know, poses just to get a sense um, and then I'll, if I start to feel a little confident, I'll start to refine a few. Um, but then I'll keep it to like, um, just a few poses and try to s focus on those poses and then show that to the director if possible, just to make sure that if I add more, <laughs> at least this is roughly, very roughly the, the right <laughs> idea. Again, I'm always thinking, there's always like an artist part of my brain and a producer part of my brain. Okay. You know, and make, yeah. sure, make sure you get it done so that you don't shoot yourself in the foot on the next shot. And then, so yeah, that's like a constant. Now, when you said ultra rough too, uh, I'm just curious, is it something in a way that you're going, hey, I'm not going to even possibly use these poses. I just need to get an idea out, get it approved. And now, and the reason why I ask that is because I'm going, there's hundreds of controls sometimes and going, do I just kind of get something here rough? I don't care how functional it's working. I just need to be able to see something I can get approved. I can use that as almost reference, so to speak, and repose these out. For the most part, no. I'll try to actually have it so that it's like, when I have the pose, I'll, I'll pose it to the point where every single little detail is in there. Um, again, usually if I have reference, it's fine because I, 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 I moving on after it got approved. But when it's like something like this, where I'm just trying some crazy stuff, like the King Julian stuff, basically yeah. the way I approach them is just, I went in and when I was sitting between me and myself, I was like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I almost think about it. Like, I'm just gonna post things that I'm not gonna use just to get myself to start. Posting. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you aren't okay. worrying yeah, about yeah. how it's flowing into the next one here. I just need to get this posed so I can get these crazy ideas out, get them approved. And then I can repose it correctly, so to speak, knowing that it's got to flow into the next pose right or no so yes except for when you were saying that it gets approved so basically i will think that way up until i decide on the three four poses okay and then 
but then before I show it, I will actually hone in on those poses. Ah, okay. Until everything is posed, and I know that like the the face is there, everything is there. And gotcha, then gotcha. Okay. Four poses to the director, and then after it gets approved, all. So yeah. your own personal exploration—that's not the process. And then you're like, okay, but now I know. Once and now I'm getting these ones honed in. I'm going to now get these approved. I want to make sure these are the poses I'm working with, and they're more a little more refined. Exactly. It's almost like there's two steps to the to the personal process okay. where you're first you don't care about the poses, you're just doing whatever, and then the second part it's like, well, now I'm caring. Now I'm <laughs> and sometimes I'll have like nine other poses that I'm like, well, I know I'm gonna use these two, but let me just eh, I gotta show tomorrow. Let me just get these ones. These are the main important ones. Let okay. Me get those down and then show the director. Okay. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I love that you kind of keep bringing that up in regards to, Hey, I, I know I got to show this. I got to, you know, tomorrow, or I got this time. As you said, yeah. there's that artist and that producer side of your brain there. Um, yeah. What's kind of developed that? Is it just kind of having been in the trenches for so long or is it having been a lead and supervising animator, knowing that um, the bigger picture, so to speak, or is just personality? Uh, probably all the above. Like, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm general. I'm very OCD. So when, someone gives me a, a date you're like this is it this is the date and then i'm like all right today i gotta do this tomorrow i gotta do and, and so i okay. do get a little bit like that um sometimes and, and sometimes that doesn't work right like you break it down you're like well but no i can't i need to ask for more time so we'll ask for more time um but in general yeah oh oh i think me kind of being a little OCD, but also, yeah, just the more you do it, the more you, you know how much you can spend time. The, the thing that I've noticed though, and I'll be honest, is like, and this is, this is not like a great thing to, to, to like push for, but usually I'll bring myself to a place where I'm a little uncomfortable that I'm starting to get a little late on something. Okay. That's when you start to find extra stuff. Um, because what happens is if you're just following everything, well, that's a rigid idea. It's like you're, and again, I am trying to, right? By the way, it's conf- the whole thing is like everything I'm telling you is going to be conflicting because it is con- like there's yeah there's yeah the it's a money side and there's the art side so yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a process yeah the process yeah and so to me it's it's like all right well how can I have a structure to get this done when it's supposed to get done but also what if I now have this up I can see it I know where I'm supposed to be but what if I go a little bit more and try to spend a little extra time here and a little extra time there. And so you, you, you know, I guess that's the difference is like you, you at least know that you're late, you know, like, you know, like, okay, well, no, no, now I don't have enough time in polishing. So maybe, and sometimes that gets you to focus more on your desk, right? Because gotcha. I don't want to go have coffee a few times. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> like, so able to like feel where you are. I was like, all right, well, no, I got to. So <laughs> I think it's, it's good to be able to like, just go, you know, go in and uh, try things to the point where you think you got it and then go a little further and sometimes you find new stuff you're like oh all right um wow i'm glad i spent an extra 15 minutes actually and even in reference i spent even though i got what i wanted i tried a few more and i actually ended up like for example getting a little thing here with the hand or whatever and you're like right well now i'll use that very cool so yeah it's a balancing act yeah yeah for sure um kind of back to crudes two here uh what now you didn't work on the first cruise, right? No, no. Okay. So what was it that you had to kind of ramp up on, on this sequel for Cruise two, not having worked on the first one? 
Um, I think just getting back into a little bit more exaggerated style, and that that's generally the the, the wrap up thing that happens, especially at DreamWorks, because you have like all these different styles. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, it's it's a blessing, but at the same time, you kind of need a ramp up every time. So, like coming from Dragons, obviously, I was getting a bit more grounded in the animation, and then to jump on Croods, well, now I have to kind of exaggerate again, right? Gotcha. And then coming from the boss lady to Dragons, <laughs> we're going from yeah. a little little. Hey, we gotta turn this. We gotta turn this down, Ronnie. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, calm down. Yeah. He's not bothering. Stop scaling the head. <laughs> but yeah, it's that kind of thing where you're like, all right, well, let me let me try to. And I remember the first few tests that I was doing, I was, I was getting, a, I was exaggerating a little bit. And so, you know, I was, I was trying to see uh, where, where I was going a little bit off, uh, you know, uh, off the style. And a lot of times it was in the face, like it was just getting a little bit too pushed. So okay. just being able to hone that back down. Gotcha. Um, it takes a few months. Okay. Always, never <laughs> like, and then now, you know, when I jump to the next project, same thing. It's just, it's always the case, but gotcha. I think it has just more to do with um, your eye readjusting in a way, and it's not a quick thing. <laughs> okay. Now, I did notice on Crudes 2, um, it was a little bit more, it felt more pushed, maybe in just certain spots than the first yeah. one. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, like when they're, when they're eating the <laughs> caveman mode. Yeah. So I, I love that too, like I love going crazy. And that's actually, that's an example of something where you don't film reference because there's no way I can open my head that way. <laughs> so you just go in and then you just try some crazy stuff, right? Um, gotcha. And I'll be honest, it's more fun. Like it's it's more fun when you're not having to stick to reference, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. uh, because you go crazy and you just try stuff and, and your way of thinking switches. You're not going, um, okay, so then how do I take this and make it here? You're not thinking that anymore. You're thinking, what if I put this here? What if gotcha. I put this yeah, yeah. So it's it's a more enjoyable process. Ironically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When going crazy sometimes. So that's okay. So that was kind of actually why I asked my question in regards to the reference, knowing some of the background with some of the, you guys from DreamWorks slash PDI beforehand. Um, and asking you how much you use your reference. Do you get the, the kind of blocked in and chuck it? Um, so you willing or admitting though that that a little bit more fun of a process not having it but to you back to your point though the necessity of it both because it works for you um and because of the production timeline and schedule is that fair or am i missing something too like the fact that it like having reference is um has its place or that it's more important or N no why you, so for example you said that um in some ways it's it's more fun not to have the reference and you kind of just go crazy, but yet you go, I heavily use my reference. So my question would be then why, but it would seem like, because you know, it works, it gets you that the results that you're looking for. And you spend a time, a lot of the exploration time up front, but also because you have those deadlines too, that, that helps keep you within that. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. And, okay. and to add to that also, I mean, there's things that I can't go in and do. I'd be lying to myself. Like I need, like there's, you know, those little unexplainable articulations and movements sometimes you mm. can't just like go and be like, I'm going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so you see that in your reference uh, that then you can pull back in. You see in the, yeah, you see in the reference. And even, even if I weren't to copy my reference exactly, like, you know, in the past, there's been, of course, like in, in my learning experience, like there's been a lot of shots where I filmed reference, but I didn't follow it 
that much. Now, now I've been following it more and more as, as I, you know, continue in my career, but yeah, in the beginning, like there's times where I'll do something and um, like I'll film some reference and then I'll take a few main poses from there. And then I'll, um, I'll just kind of, if there's like one part that, that has this kind of movement that I just don't know how to put into words, but I want, then I'll start to stick more to that, to that section of the reference and then get out. Um, but I think just doing it for so many years, you start to get uh, comfortable with gotcha. reference. And, and so it just, yeah, you just stick with it. Um, yeah. But always trying to see where you can push things, you know? Right. And that's a great point because I think that's um, something I've noticed, you know, with students kind of going through our program and stuff like that, when they hit that reference, it's to knowing where to kind of push it because we are entertaining at the end of the day. So, yeah. And I mean, to, you know, to, to all the students that are listening, it's like, I know when I was a student, I was, there's this thing in your mind of like, should I use reference? Is, am I cheating? If I, it's like, please don't think that at all. Yeah. That's everyone uses reference. Um, and it's part of the process. Like right. it's just, you don't have to use it hundred percent, but definitely take reference. Like it, it just helps you explore ideas, use it how you will, but take reference. There's nothing, there's no cheating with that. Right. So, right. And I guess that's my point is that there's almost seems like there, uh, can be two, two concerns. One, am I cheating or two, am I being a slave to it? You know, and, and you're going, okay, where can I find that balance of going, no, this is great. I'm using it this is now where I'm going to push it now and things of that nature. Yeah. And, and it really does depend on each person, right? Like I think what, what works for me obviously is however my brain is wired in there, this is right. what I found after years works for me, but it is important to like take everything I say with a grain of salt and see what works for each person because right. there's, yeah, there's people that like the animation to evolve. And then you see the final thing you're like, Holy cow, that's awesome. They're like, yeah, I came up with that later. And, and then you go like, Oh, so then yeah, am I doing it am wrong? I doing wrong? <laughs> there's always stuff doubt never goes away. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always next to the door waiting to knock. Right. It's like, hey. so it's been a while. And then, you know, so I think it's important to like, just that, Take it and, and see how it works for you. And because you, you're in a, in a way you're finding that's the correct word. And it's going to sound like I'm being pretentiously philosophical, but it's like, you have to find your workflow but it's, <laughs> it's true in a way. Like you, you have to see how your brain is wired and see what things are lacking in the way that you're doing things and then create a workflow that fills those, that gives you those um, crutches. And that's what I do, right? In my workflow, I fill in my gaps and with crutches that work for my gaps. Right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that's a terrible example, but anyway. <laughs> that's good. Cause it, like I said, it particularly because you go, you, you can see from your stuff, it obviously works. Um, it works within a schedule and production, uh, pipeline, you know, so you go, why would you want to abandon that? But you go to your point though, you go, that's what works for you. That's, that's been helpful. And I think that's the part of being open to trying stuff like you've done or someone else going, Hey, look, let me try this here a little bit. I've got too comfortable here. So yeah, yeah I just, I appreciate that. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically, I just keep doing it until one day I fall on my face and then I'm like, all right, it's time to readjust. Whole whole new show yeah. comes out and you go, okay, I got to change my workflow here. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Like for sure. Like you have to constantly, <laughs> there's always something that goes with animation yeah that's right for sure <laughs> yeah um any particular characters you know you've been uh you, you mentioned you've been with uh, uh pdi slash dreamworks for how long um 15 years now. okay so oh. a, 
good chunk of time here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Any particular characters you've just really enjoyed working on that are kind of like staples for you, man. You're like, Oh, I just, I've loved working on that character or characters. Uh, I'm just jumping through all the shows right now. Fast forward. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is just because it's recent, but I definitely have been enjoying the most recent ones like, um, boss baby, uh, Grimmel and, uh, Phil. And okay. again, I, I do think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I'm like, folk, I'm leading those characters. So okay. you're, you get to a point where when you're supervising character, you're building the library, you're, you're creating all these things for them. So you feel uh, like you're getting to know them uh, a little more even before production in depth. starts. By the time it starts, you've, you're comfortable with the control. So you're just going in and you're just focused on other things and you're not worried. And I mean, that is something that's, that's a, in a way, it's like a advantage, right? It's like yeah. you are... Uh, focus on a character you do have that advantage uh, to be honest but um those three in very different ways they were the most satisfying um for sure okay yeah. no that's great and I, particularly because they kind of all three hit a bit of a different um style too great i'm glad to hear that <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean you look at uh Grimmel from after dragons three which is a little bit more naturalistic Boss Baby, as you mentioned, kind of more that Chuck Jones. And then, you yeah. know, Crudes 2 is kind of more in the middle of those two, would you kind of say? Uh, yeah. Closer to Adrian Dragons 3, but still a lot of that more pushed. I think, so. yeah, it's like an exaggerated uh, step from Dragons with Crudes. And I think, um, yeah, with, with Boss Baby, obviously even more so. Um, you know, one thing that uh, is also worth mentioning is like the voice acting in a way mm finds the style too right because that's if, true if, if like ah, and just yelling and, and and if there's like big sharp changes in the voice i mean that's changing the movement potentially yeah right? for sure um and so in a way the when you hear alec baldwin talking and then the way you hear um f Marie abraham talking and the way you hear um peter dinklage talk, it's just so different so yeah the texture of everything changes um and it changes the style with that's it, for sure yeah, yeah for sure um it, you, um, what are you excited about in regards to animation? You've been animating for a, a long time at a high level here. What, what's exciting you still about this industry and process and storytelling? Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I, I am kind of excited in learning more than just animation. Like, um, I, I, I'd lo- you know, I lo- every time I see a sequence from the storyboard artists, um, I just want to, <laughs> I want to try and do more of that. <laughs> So if I'm being honest, um, I, I kind of want to see more of a bigger picture. I'd love to, to see how all these elements are, start, are, are creating this one moment um, that works, right? Um, because I think with animation, there's always going to be things to learn. There's always, I mean, again, there's things that from day one uh, were my strengths and weaknesses. And to this day are still my same strengths and weaknesses. Like there's, I've just, you know, there's certain styles that have never been my thing. There's certain... Um, uh, mechanics that take me forever and other people, it takes them half an hour and they just <laughs> figure it out. You're just natural for them. So I think for me, it's like, um, I can spend more time just focused on that or I can see more of a bigger picture. And so to me, that's where my interest is, lies. Like, all right, well, how, how is this camera and previs affecting the way we're feeling about this character? Cause in a way it all, it all informs each other. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting, right. So, I feel like unless you also tap into those, you're never getting the fullest potential of storytelling, obviously. So 
my yeah my my interest is in adding more stuff which indirectly are going to help me be uh, an even more informed animator gotcha you know, because i'm learning it from a different point of view does know? that also kind of feel like it goes back to you know kind of how we started this conversation you wanting to get into film you know and storytelling in that regard would you like to direct at some point uh, whether it even be shorts and stuff is that something that yeah, you can I mean, see yourself doing um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll try it. And if it if it works out great, if I fall flat on my face, I'll just kind of quietly uh, <laughs> pretend nothing happened. But, Go um, back but to your, yeah, your desk. Yeah, no, that's, but, I mean, there's there's a uh, side projects that um, me and a few of my friends uh, we've been collaborating on. Um, Carl Sportolas, Carl Sbaena, Nadia Set. Like we do these um, short films and it's a, and they're live action, but it's amazing how much you learn from them. Like each gotcha. one, I mean, in a way, even as an animator, you're learning about lighting through live action because it's the same. Yeah, principles, right? yeah. Um, so getting to like do these projects with them has been like so satisfying because um, one, yeah, it's it's more directing route and, and you're kind of focused on all these different elements and how does it all create this one moment? What's scary is that you realize that they all have to work to make the moment work. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes you'll have three of the five elements working and two of them not working and you're like, well, this doesn't hit. And, yeah, yeah. To me, that's kind of scary in a way, especially if you're directing animation. Um, I, 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 to be completely honest, I, I love live action. I love animation. I love live action. Um, and I think I would be more interested in live action. Um, the thing with animation that's kind of scare, scary is like, there's so many visual elements all have to be manually made and they all have to work. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> And it just doesn't work, right? You built this whole moment and it doesn't work. Right. So I don't know, maybe maybe um, with live action, there's other uh, disadvantages, but I feel like um, you just can reach results faster in a way um, and you can explore more acting. Like it's reference, right? You do reference, basically. Yeah. The actor's filming reference and then you're done. <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> animate it anymore. Um, but that's, you know, that's not to say, like I think I'm always going to have a super like soft spot for animation because, um, you know, it's never been an easy thing to create, but it's it's always been rewarding when, once it's created. Yeah. And you just look at it and it augments reality, right? You're just adding something that you won't otherwise ever see. So I do appreciate the fact that you're, you're, you're trying something and you're bringing entertainment and ideas to the audience that otherwise they wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that's why I also, I also appreciate when there's a lot more styles being developed and a lot of different, um, you know, some darker tones, some lighter tones is, is also fine, but obviously lighter tones is most of the market, but just seeing, seeing very different styles. I think right. it, it makes the culture of entertainment richer because you get more from it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to learn. Um, yeah. But yeah. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So last question here. Um, outside of animation, what else, what else occupies your time or what else, you know, occupies your, your hobbies? What is it that you also enjoy outside of animation that maybe, you know, bleeds back into animation because of it, but just what are some other things you enjoy doing? Um, let's see. Um, it's funny because a lot of them are related to animation. In okay. Way, or to film, but, um, I love music. Uh, okay. I do a lot of uh, music production, basically. Um, and that helps because the more I do that, the more I can actually use those sound effects um, in some of the tests that I'm doing. So it all kind of ties together. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think there's just something about music. 
I mean, I don't need to explain everyone. Else. Yeah, yeah. But there's just something cool about music. Like it, it just brings you emotionally right there. I think it's, I mean, if you think about it, it's powerful to the point where if you're watching a film, um, it could it, visually, it could hit you without any sound. Yeah. But there's concerts that are done with no visuals. It's just the music. Right. And that's how much it can hold itself up to. Like you can, you can be at a concert for two hours, but I think it would be a little tougher to be in the theater for two hours without sound. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a big deal and bigger than I think we usually give it. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, I love creating music. I love uh, get, uh, tapping into just different genres as well, whether it's electronic or uh, heavy metal or anything really. Um, that's one thing. Um, drawing for sure, designing, uh, something, but it's like, I'm telling you, it's like, they all kind of relate. Um, I, in general, I'm not very outdoorsy, but I've been doing it more. <laughs> but <laughs> the more I do it, the more I realize like, oh, okay, I should probably do this more because you learn stuff. But, yeah. Um, deep inside, I think just ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to be in a room and just do stuff, create stuff. And just, you know, it's just, it's what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo generate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool, Ronnie. I really, really appreciate this time and your, your input. Um, like I said, when I saw some of the stuff you were posting on a very fun movie that I enjoyed, I thought, man, I got to get him in on this podcast. So um, I apologize it's taking so long to actually get you um, uh, hooked up on this. But I, again, really appreciate your time. And I know this is going to be a, a good deal for people to listen to. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's a pleasure. It's, it's fun talking about sometimes rather than animating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to get, uh, reflect back at all these things. That's right. And your internet held up. So really really cool yes. yeah awesome I'm glad <laughs> alright with that we are out <laughs>